Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, especially if you are a live viewer. Uh, my name is Lauren. This here is my producer. And hello. we have a lot to talk about because like I said, we've actually been gone for the past two weeks. So yeah. if you're a subscriber of the show, anything we've done within the past two weeks has been pre-recorded. We hope uh, we hope you liked it all. Yeah. Um. So, But now that we're back, we have so much to talk about. Gosh, last for night I was, worse, right? yeah, I was yeah. up all night just trying to catch up on all the news that I've missed. Um, before we get into what we're going to be talking about, though, we'd just like to remind everybody if you want to support support the show, which we certainly hope you do, uh, make sure to share, subscribe, like, comment, all of that. We know for a fact now that YouTube is not really recommending us. So mm -hmm. any shares on external sites like uh, you know Twitter, Reddit, I've even seen that people are finding our videos through Gmail. If you want to email your friends our videos, we're more than appreciative. Also, you could check us out on any audio platform for right. the podcast version if you want. That also helps a lot. Yeah, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. And uh, yeah, you know, if you want to help out and you're also watching live, you can also send us a super chat. We don't go through them during the show, but after like the hour is up, we're going to go through all of them, answer any questions you might have. And uh, yeah, as always, you can go over to blazetv.com forward slash Lauren if you'd like to support us on a regular basis. Um, that subscription not only helps us out, but you also get access to a lot of other shows. Um, you get, let's see, Ladder with Crowder, um, Ali Stuckey, who I love, Graham Allen, Chad Prather. There's just so many great shows. Phil Robertson. Uh, you get all of that content, plus you get to help us out. And if you use the code Lauren, you save money on your annual subscription. So really appreciate anyone who does that. But today we're going to be talking about Tommy Robinson, latest developments that are happening with him. Um, then after that, telling your wife to lose weight, is it acceptable? Apparently a lot of people say no. Uh, then Elizabeth Warren does equal pay. Tucker Carlson gets called a racist for speaking out about immigration. And Sephora is the latest brand in a long line of brands to go woke with their advertising campaign. Uh, yeah. It's been, a lot of been... A lot of been, stuff's been happening. Um, so we're going to start off with the Tommy Robinson case. Uh, he was recently convicted of the contempt of court charges that had been previously overturned. We've been kind of covering his story for what mm -hmm. feels like at least a year now. Um, so if you yeah, watch well, the we show were, regularly, you're familiar with it. We were in London a year ago, a little bit over a year ago. Yeah, for the protest. The protests, so it's been that was going happening. on for longer than that even. It's been it's been quite a battle for Tommy. This is not the first time we've had a free had Tommy, that sign. unfortunately. Yeah. Um, um, and, you know, just to be totally open and transparent, you know, I consider him a friend of the show. I support him. So if there's, I, I admit I'm biased toward that, but I know after it was announced that he was convicted, I did have people who were commenting on our videos or tagging me on Twitter asking why I wasn't talking about it. Still support him, but we were just gone and not really kind of keeping up with the news as regularly as we do That's when right. we're here. But definitely want to talk mm -hmm. about it right now. So um, here's what The Guardian says about the latest development about him being convicted. Um, they said that Tommy Robinson faces prison again after being found in contempt of court for, quote, aggressively confronting and filming defendants in a criminal trial and broadcasting the footage on social media. The former leader of the English Defense League, whose real name is Stephen Yaxley Lennon. I love how they always feel the need to, like, put that in there. And his address is? Yeah, exactly. Here's where his wife works. Uh, he could be in prison for up to two years in relation to the incident in 2018 when he filmed defendants accused of the sexual exploitation of young girls. The footage, in breach of a reporting ban, was then live-streamed from outside Leeds Crown Court while the jury was considering its verdict. Robinson, 36, from Luton, Bedfordshire, had denied any wrongdoing, insisting that he had only referred to information that was already in the public domain. However, judges at the Old Bailey in London said on Friday that his conduct amounted to serious interference with the administration of justice. 
One of the judges, Dame Victoria Sharp, said he had breached reporting restriction imposed on the trial by live streaming the video from outside the public entrance to the court and aggressively, again, confronting and filming some of the defendants. And the article continued that Robinson had been arrested, charged, and sentenced to 13 months after being found in contempt of court the first time, but served just two months before being freed after the Court of Appeal overturned the finding of contempt last August. The case was then referred back to the Attorney General, who announced in March that it was in the public interest to bring fresh proceedings. So this whole thing, if you haven't been keeping up, is a little bit confusing um, because what, what has happened is that Tommy was live streaming outside of a courthouse, mm-hmm. which is not allowed in the UK. And well, I think, it had a gag order on it. Yeah, additionally, so there it I think it's never allowed, but additionally, okay. there was also a reporting ban. Um, so regardless of what you think of his opinions, that's at least not the stated reason mm-hmm. why he, he's being brought in. Um, you know, this whole reporting ban on cases, we've mentioned this before. This is not really something that we see in the US or Canada. Yeah. I so, mean, I think in Canada, we might have it. I'm not certain about that, but, yeah. but definitely not in the United States. And it's, it's. I mean, it's something that I'm not even sure how I feel about this whole concept in general. I think there's freedom of speech and freedom of the press issues here. I think last time we talked about it, you did bring up that maybe it's a good thing if you're Considering innocent until proven guilty, you can yeah. kind of protect people who might have false allegations right. against like if you're being, you. If you're being convicted of like rape yeah. and you, but you don't actually rape anybody. Then... I think uh, from what I've seen people talking about it in the UK, the reasons they don't want to sway the opinions of the jurors. Yes. Uh, but in the US, what they do is they, they sequester the jury, right? So you're not allowed to like be on social media kind of reading everything that everyone's saying mm-hmm. about it. So it's just it's. If you're from North America, these are kind of conditions that you may not really be familiar with or used to. Right. And one of the things that he was pointing out when he was doing all this was that the government might want to be suppressing actually what was happening there because they thought it would be inspire anti-immigrant uh, yeah, because feelings. Because this guess. whole case was related to grooming gangs um, who were trafficking in underage girls. They were, I think, of Pakistani Muslim descent. And in the UK, they've had a problem with kind of sweeping this under the rug. So it's also like the mm. question of, okay, even if there was a reporting ban, at what point do you have a it, like a duty to the public to raise awareness about what's happening? Because, I mean, there have been docu- underage girls. Yeah, and there have been for, documentaries yeah. about it. They've been sweeping it under the rug, refusing to prosecute, not talking about it because they didn't want to, you know, stir up any anti-immigrant sentiment. It's it's not an easy case case to kind of deal with, regardless of whether you like Tommy Robinson yeah. or not. So that that's the first thing. And then now I just I can't believe that you can kind of overturn dismiss dismiss charges. That's it's just like you could endlessly retry it. All yeah, well, that's it's, why the U.S. has a thing about like double jeopardy. You can't. I mean, I guess it could be said that the charges were dropped and he wasn't necessarily found not guilty. I don't know if there's a difference there legally, but it just seems pretty clear that this is not the way a regular person who is not Tommy Robinson would be treated. It definitely seems politically motivated. Um, It just seems very, very wrong. Um, So anyway, the news that's happened since Guraway was obviously that he was, I guess, convicted again of charges that were previously dropped. But now what's happened is that Tommy Robinson, in an interview, I think with InfoWars, he's now pleading with the Trump administration and Republicans in general to grant him political asylum. And we have a clip of that. I feel like I'm two days away from being sentenced to death in the UK for journalism. On behalf of my family, we love the United States. I have no future here. It's inevitable. I will be murdered. I will be killed. My name is Tommy Robinson. Today, I'm calling on the help of Donald Trump, his administration, and the Republican Party to grant me and my family political asylum in the United States of America. 
I'm sat here today before you to make my case of political persecution. I have been found guilty of what is the equivalent of exercising First Amendment rights. It's almost surreal because I think the last time we talked about Tommy Robinson on this show was in regard to that film, You Can't Watch This. And he was everything he was saying before, like, they're going to come after me again. They're not going to let this go. I need to get out of the country. It's, it's exactly what's happened. So now he's facing prison. Again, I think if, if I remember correctly, his sentencing is actually scheduled for Thursday. So I think for mm. a lot of our European viewers, by the time you're watching this in the morning will be the day that he's uh, being sentenced. Um, so when this was announced, there were a lot of people who were obviously outraged. She has a lot of supporters, not just in the UK, but internationally. But there are also a lot of people online who were kind of reveling in his conviction. And not just that, but they were also calling him a hypocrite after, uh, you know, he did that interview and pleaded for political asylum. And we have some examples of that from Twitter, which is obviously just a lovely place when it comes to political discourse. This person named Callie saying, Tommy Robinson begging for asylum after criticizing those that fled war-torn countries is the definition of hypocrisy. People running from bombs and bullets, and he's running from milkshakes. Hashtag places Tommy Robinson can hide. And then this person, Tez, who is incidentally a verified Twitter user, said, why isn't Tommy Robinson claiming asylum in the nearest safe country to him? So, um... For that last tweet, I don't know how serious that person was, but I we will just talk about it for the sake of argument. I really don't think that any of the countries near the UK would be any better for Tommy, right? If no. we're looking at France, no. Germany, Sweden. America is probably one of the last places where someone like him would still be safe. And even then, it, it's like... There's a whole battle around free speech right now. Yeah. It's uh, it's looking a little bleak sometimes. The like, number you know, of places you, know. you can go as someone with unpopular political opinions is getting smaller and smaller. Or not even unpopular, but just against this progressive establishment. Yeah, because actually you know? I would say Tommy, despite what a lot of people say about him, he's not far right. No, and, and, and his voice is, is definitely, when we were out there and you had thousands of people in the streets, you know. He has a lot of supporters. Singing free I think Tommy. You're, yeah, you're yeah. right. It's not that he, he does have popular support it's just that the people who don't support him happen to be in very powerful yes. positions mm -hmm. um but yeah like you know he's not going to be able to go to france or germany and say hey guys can i come here because they don't like what i'm saying about immigrants i'm sure you'll, you guys would be more amenable to that uh, -uh. uh you know maybe italy might be okay uh if i were him i would give hungry a hungry a try gert wielders Gert Wilders, I'm sure I'm butchering that name. Mm. He actually tweeted out in support of Tommy saying if he was PM, he would he would let him come in. But I mean, as a legal technicality, like I don't think this would ever happen. But just for argument's sake, I don't think you can within the EU claim asylum from another EU country. <laughs> I don't think it works that way. But I mean, even even for him to claim asylum to America, like it. it it would be so difficult for the Trump administration to right because to there's take any action, really. there's a lot of I guess political maneuvering between the U.S. and the U.K. Right? Yeah, they have their own diplomatic relations. Yeah, um, although recently, if you follow Trump on Twitter, you've seen that he's been attacking the U.K. ambassador. Yeah, I <laughs> so I mean, hey, maybe now's time to strike while the iron is hot, and things are maybe not so good in the special relationship. But um, yeah, this this whole thing with asylum, it's made more difficult now because i think if it, he were to be able to come to the u.s or canada i'll just put that in but obviously not because we have justin trudeau but uh you know if he were to, yeah. a few more months we'll see i'm i'm hopeful too but we'll see um but yeah if he were to you know have gone to the u.s it would have need needed to been before because now he's actually been convicted so if he leaves now then that's going to raise questions of extradition yeah right because the uk if he goes to the u.s he, they're going to want to extradite him because he has been sentenced mm -hmm. And it's just a whole a whole mess of diplomatic question marks. I 
I would love it if he were able to go somewhere and be protected. He used to go to the Ecuadorian, um, what's that called? <laughs> yeah, embassy. Maybe embassy, yeah. maybe yeah. that's what he should do. Try going to like the Russian embassy or something. They don't like free speech, but they also um, are not don't too like fond. Don't like the British. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, enemy of my enemy or friend of my friend. So I don't know. That might be his best bet uh, for the moment. But, you know, regarding this whole allegation that he's being a hypocrite in trying to claim or seek political asylum somewhere, I think... If you think Tommy's message is, I hate refugees, and therefore him trying to seek political asylum somewhere is being hypocritical, I really don't think you've been listening to Tommy, mm. right? Because his message is so much more nuanced for th than that. I know nuance is not a very popular thing nowadays in politics, but um, Tommy is not against all immigration. Like when we had no. him on our show, he spoke very fondly of the Sikh community that he grew up in sorry, he grew up with, um, and had very positive things to say about how they've assimilated, embraced British values. He considers them friends. Uh, he's definitely not some like white ethno-nationalist who wants zero immigration. Uh, and also I, the idea that he's targeting people who have fled war zones. No, no not at all. That's not, not what he's not, on about. That's no. not what he's on about at all. I mean, first off, we're talking about mass immigration. Mm. Most of the immigrants are, they're economic migrants, right? They're not literal refugees. And for Tommy specifically, he's most famous for speaking out against the Pakistani grooming gangs, okay? Right. You don't have Pakistani refugees unless you're someone like that Christian woman uh, who, who got, uh, I guess, prosecuted for her religious beliefs. But no, the, the, the average Pakistani person is, is not a refugee. The people who Tommy specifically is targeting, targeting uh, with his activism, they're not refugees. So, like, I, I know it's hard for these progressive white savior people who, who try to come in and save all the brown people but there are differences among brown people yeah yeah <laughs> so it, it this whole thing about him just and also fleeing milkshakes what do you think about that oh yeah that's another thing um so tommy has i think at this point several fatwas against him yeah um there is a very real possibility that if he's forced to go back to one of these prisons that he will be killed and to be clear what's a, what's a fatwa oh yeah so that's um i guess like a religious edict for someone's death uh, yes, as yeah. far as i, I can tell Tommy actually has that um, several of those on his head. So, and his last experience in prison was was brutal. He and had to be in solitary there, for yeah. a lot of and it. Even then, there he would tell you. You could find interviews of him talking about his time in prison, and he would just talk about things like they would come by, and he had a window into mm -hmm. the courtyard, I believe it was, where they would throw their fecal matter at him, like they, that they'd kept in toilet paper or something like that. Um, yeah, and it just made his experience totally miserable. He looked like. Absolutely. He had a, lost a, a lot, when he came out a of there. lot like, of weight. Yeah, it was... didn't look like he was eating properly while he was in there. And not to mention all the death threats he and his family gets. So if yes, again, yeah. if you think that he's just afraid of milkshakes, then you're also not paying Cement attention. milkshakes, not to yeah. mention, right? Yeah. But yeah, I mean. Um, so no, this is very, very serious. And not to mention, not only is he perhaps being put in a life-threatening position by his government and being, in my opinion, wrongfully imprisoned, but this is all because of, of something he was reporting on or so they claim so it's if you're not concerned about this then i'm sorry you don't care about free speech in a free society regardless of whether you support tommy's views towards islamization or anything like that you need to be concerned about this this is yeah. this is a problem for everyone and I, I see this as something that will happen in other forms in the future too across the west mm -hmm. the way that we continue to go so i think that tommy is is definitely something that we need to stand and fight for while before these these kinds of policies just become too ingrained. more and and more yeah. and more common yeah. um as as far as what people who support tommy can do right now i think especially if you're a citizen of the uk you need to be protesting writing letters like 
putting pressure on your government because this is not acceptable. And ultimately, I think the most realistic path for him to be safe would be pressure from UK citizens. Um, There's been a lot of that, like Tommy supporters have been great and being really vocal about standing up for him. But it's like now more than ever, people need to speak about it because it's it's ridiculous. And don't don't forget with this happening, they're not just targeting Tommy specifically, they're targeting him for his views. So if you're someone who supports Tommy, has ever shared his work, has ever enjoyed his videos, this could just as easily be you if you're vocal about what you believe. And I think that's what should scare people the most. So this is not a time where you can just kind of kick the can down the road, say, oh, that sucks for him. Oh, well, go on with my day to life. Like, no, this is this is important and not just for him, but for the broader implications of what it means uh, to be British. Um, our next story is a little bit more lighthearted. Yeah, um, thank goodness. Yeah, because there's this this is overall a pretty heavy episode. I think you guys are going to realize. But OK, telling your wife to lose weight. Touchy subject. Weight is always a touchy subject uh, to maneuver health in general among family members. It's especially sensitive if it's your significant other right i mean no one wants to have to have that conversation Mm -hmm. um this issue was highlighted in a recent tweet that i saw being shared around my timeline at least by several people um someone the transformed wife i'm not familiar with her she tweeted out quote if your husband said to you you eat too much and need to lose weight how would you respond would you be angry with him and tell him it's none of his business or with you're right i will eat less and lose weight the first response is rebellious and the second one is biblical people did not like that people did not like that uh she got what is called ratioed nowadays that's when you have more replies than likes to your tweet um yeah this this was not a well-received opinion by pretty much anyone i was going through the thread i really wasn't seeing seeing a lot of people saying yeah you're right maybe this will be an unpopular opinion among you guys who are watching this it's fine if you disagree with me but i actually don't see what the big deal over this tweet was like no, i don't I, I don't at all i, I mean don't listen you can have a little was... bit of tact when you're like yeah that's the only thing these things, like you know, i would but... to say you eat too much and need to lose weight that could be said more tactfully. Right. I mean, she's limited to, to characters. Exactly. Have you. Like, it's a hypothetical. But it's, aside from know. that, I don't see what the big deal is. I don't think it's... And people were, like, really, really against it. So we have some of the, like, most highest rated tweet responses here. Um, someone named Kamala Harris is a cop. Her response to this hypothetical scenario was, I'd F his best friend. Two and a half likes on that one. That was like one of the most... Two and a half thousand. Yeah, Yeah. sorry. Two and a half thousand likes. That was one of the most popular. Another person, Helen Noble, said, I would make note of the obvious fact that I can lose 210 pounds without eating less by the simple expedient of kicking him out of the house. That was another very liked one. Uh, Then Jay-Z Mayhem said, I'm racking my brains to remember all those New Testament passages in which Jesus scolded his disciples for their food and exercise habits and coming up blank. So people just in general, for multiple reasons, were not liking what this woman was saying. Um, So, yeah. And on that note, I mean, I I don't think that caloric excess was a problem in Jesus's time. I don't know about that, but, <laughs> yeah, but it, I mean, gluttony is in the Bible almost yeah, everywhere. That's, there's two issues for this. There's like the spousal relationship yeah. and then the biblical one. We can just touch upon the biblical one first. Sure. Um, gluttony and sloth are condemned in the Bible. Um, not everyone who is overweight is overweight because they eat too much or don't exercise. There are like thyroid conditions and stuff that, that comes into it. But like, as far as this specific scenario goes where someone is maybe eating too much um like that's it you know I'm not, I'm not saying it's the worst thing you could ever do or you're living in sin but it's i mean to say that the bible has nothing to say about 
mm-hmm. our, our day-to-day health, that's not accurate. I mean, the yeah, Bible absolutely. says that our body yeah. is a temple. We need to right. be respectful of it and treat it well. Um, so that's the first thing. Second thing is, I mean, your spouse's health, whether you're, this is not like biblical or not biblical. If you're married, your spouse's health is absolutely your concern. And habits. And yeah. and habits in general. Um, and if they are actually, you know, eating too much or leaving, living an unhealthy lifestyle, I think you should bring it up to them. Um, that's not necessarily to say that, oh, just leave your spouse mm-hmm. if they're eating too much. So no, that's not what I'm saying. But in a healthy relationship, and that's, you know, that's spouses, that's, uh, you know, mothers and daughters, just anyone you have in your life, if you care about them, you should be invested in their health. And again, maybe more tact than the initial tweet had, but I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, hey, I'm kind of worried. Um, you know, I think maybe we could be doing more so that you're eating better and things like that. That's yeah. not a bad thing. That's no. not something to say I'd F his best friend to. That's crazy. And, and, and I mean, it also say like, like uh, from a practical perspective, I think that a lot of these things, prevention is better than cure. Yes. Like, right. Like before someone becomes 60 pounds overweight, 80 pounds overweight, you probably want to have a discussion about nutrition. Yeah. And before, you know, your husband becomes an alcoholic, I'm using stereotypes, I guess, but you know, when he's at the beer a day stage, you might mm-hmm. want to say, maybe we should dial it back a bit because it's a lot easier to stop then than to go cold turkey after developing yeah. alcoholism, right? And some of what the people in the, the thread were saying is like, well, what if he's wrong and I'm not eating too much? Then that, like, that's abuse then. It's like, it's okay. a discussion to have, I think, that's you know, right? That's a discussion to have then. You, you can, you know, talk about maybe uh, how to live a healthier lifestyle in general, but it's just, it's so strange to me how people's first instincts to this hypothetical scenario were like, yeah, leave him, piece of crap, meh, meh, meh. Destroy like, his life. Destroy his, his life, life, leave him. You know? Like, are you serious? I think we're so wrapped up in this idea and I see it in these inspirational like Tumblr quotes all the time that like you have to love me for me exactly as I am and I'm not changing for anybody. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you have grounds to leave your wife because she gets overweight like we said, yeah, right? Exactly. You know, you still have to, but it's, you're committed to this. But... You should be working together and yeah, that's, yeah. I, I don't know, I would rather someone be with someone, sorry, who challenges me and tries to encourage me to be better even if sometimes i don't like it and i'll be grumpy about it no you're not you not no, me no because no. um, i have nothing to change i'm already no, like no. i'm already there Definitely. um but yeah i would rather that than someone who just doesn't care about my health or well-being doesn't want to push me to improve myself that's not better that's much worse no of course um and i think there's also the um the idea of like not just health, but like attraction. And this is something that also people were being very sensitive yeah. about in the thread. Um, but I was talking about this with the in the collab that I did with Girl Defined just uh, this past Monday. Um, sex and physical attraction are part of a healthy biblical marriage. They are. They're, they're not or bad things. Any marriage. And actually, any marriage. But yeah, yeah, any marriage. I mean, yeah. But it's like even for Christians, we don't need to be afraid of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so... That physical attraction between husband and wife is a, is important. And again, I'm not saying you should leave your spouse if like they gain a few pounds, but I think you should both be willing to work together to in, ensure that the, you know, the spark is still there. You're both fit. You're both healthy. I don't get why this is such a big deal. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. Um, actually, this reminds me of something where this is so strange. There was a di- discussion, a thread on, I think it was Everyday Feminism, where this woman was talking about breaking up with her boyfriend because he asked her, this is, I mean, I don't know another way to say this to go Brazilian and she didn't want to. So they broke up and they were together for like a long time. And it's like, I, I don't know. Like, I just don't know why you would be so. Oh, and I seem to recall on that one. She didn't even entertain the discussion. Yeah. Just she broke just up. like broke up with him. <laughs> it was like, like a... 
What's wrong with trying to, I don't know, do a little bit to make sure that your spouse I think all these people the... are very selfish in their relationships, yeah. right? Like, we have a mutual acquaintance who did say that if his, if his future would-be wife... Ask him to get a girl, or sorry, a haircut or something like that. Or that shape. was one thing, but he also yeah. said if she got fat from, or, or gained weight due to pregnancy... Yeah, uh, and didn't lose it. He would leave her. It was like a pretty, you know, you know, you need the relationship. You need to put some work into it, definitely. Yeah. It's, and it's not all about you. So yeah, and I think with the weight thing in general, um, I think it's like being this sensitive toward weight. I think it's a pretty new thing in our culture, and I also think it's a overwhelmingly. Mm. I don't know if it's maybe just American, but I would. I'll just say Western thing because in Asia, strangers will come up to you if you're heavy, and they'll just say you're fat. <laughs> You should yeah, lose weight. I've been told. They had no filter when it comes to that. I'm like, my parents, both of my parents have had strangers, like, just go up to them and say, like, yeah, you should lose weight. You're too heavy. Like, your your legs must be strong because you have to carry all that weight. Like, they will not hesitate. So especially if you're a family member, they'll just tell you. So it's just, it's strange that we've become so sensitive as a culture where we can't even bring up basic health concerns to the person we're sharing our life with without apparently getting divorced or whatever. It's pretty insane to me. So I think we all just need to be a little less sensitive. Um, gosh, man, yeah. I'm just thinking about the best friend one. Like, is that a response? That's, yeah, that's <laughs> the one that just... Proportionate response? It's crazy. I mean, it's also the most mind-boggling thing to me is like, do you think that would work? Like, you know, yeah. I don't know. I have good friends, I guess, but that wouldn't, that wouldn't work yeah, out. And apparently you're putting work. on weight, so maybe the yeah, best exactly. friend doesn't even that's want the other you. Yeah, exactly. That's It's a joke. Everybody, calm down. Um, okay, so next story here. Elizabeth Warren... She's touching on the issue of equal pay. So she's still running for president, um, like most of the Democratic Party at this point, if anyone's <laughs> keeping up. And earlier this week, she sent out a tweet that I think made a lot of people, myself included, groan. She said that for every dollar white men made in 2017, black women made 61 cents, native women made 58 cents, and Latinas made 53 cents. On day one of a Warren administration, I will take executive action to boost wages for women of color. Here's how. And she linked to an article on Medium that we will get to in just a second. I think it's interesting that she didn't include Asian women. Hmm. No, that, you're uh, part of the privileged class. Yeah, exactly. No, but that's exactly <laughs> it. They, Literally it, yeah. When they talk about discrimination of people of color, they never, like, bring up Asians because they don't fit the narrative. And, like, to be yeah. clear here, I'm not saying that um, different groups don't get on average, like earn different amounts of money because that's just a st statistic fact. And I'm also not saying that we shouldn't be trying to improve the the wages and education levels of everybody because I do. But it's just this kind of seems like super duper pandering. I, I feel yeah. like Hillary Clinton did the same thing as well. I feel like it's almost a requirement if you are a Democrat and a woman and running for office, like you have to bring up the wage gap now. That's not even so that's beyond wage gap, right? It's not just about women. It's it's about yeah. Color she's too. she's it's, being intersectional, and actually, yeah. in the medium article, she also mentions like intersectionality of gender, uh, sexuality, like different things. So she's not full on on the intersectional. And what bandwagon. is she right now? Is she second or third in terms of the running for the? She's the, behind. Everyone's behind Biden. Yeah. I'm not sure how she's doing compared. It's way to too high, Bernie. Though. Considering what she's running on, like this is nutty. Yeah, you know, it's, this is scary. And stuff. the thing is, a lot, people, I think her base is eating this up. They yeah. they absolutely love it, or at least her her Twitter base. But th that's the thing. And Tim Pool has talked about it a lot. How um, like the woke left is overrepresented on social media. Yes, yeah. And I think a lot of people, AOC definitely, Elizabeth Warren, I would say probably are guilty of trying to pander to things like likes and shares, thinking that it represents 
the average party member they have when really it doesn't. So No, and thank goodness for that. Yeah, I, I know it's something like in the US and Canada, only like one in five or something women identify as feminists. So I'm, I'm really not sure how receptive to this message the average person would be. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about the uh, the, the things she says she's going to do. Um, if she becomes president to fix this wage gap. The, the article is titled Valuing the Work of Women of Color because right now, apparently, we just don't. We're just like, I don't care. Yeah. You did this amazing work, but you're black, so just, and a woman, so just. It's only because no of money. racism. Yeah, yeah, for you. Uh, she says, or at least this article says, don't know if she actually wrote it, a set of executive actions I will take on day one of the Warren administration to boost wages for women of color and open up new pathways to the leadership positions they deserve. I will deny contracting opportunities to companies with poor track records on diversity and equal pay, ban contractors from asking applicants for past salary information and criminal histories, and require every federal agency to incorporate diversity as part of their core strategic plan and create support networks through a government wide mentorship program that centers black and brown employees just so you know diversity is code word for non-white yeah and and, and even increasingly non-oriental asian or like uh mm-hmm. eastern asian i guess yeah it's also like non-white non-male non-straight yes yeah um non-physically abled as well is a thing i'm seeing more and more of you gotta hit all the the check marks um so here i i i've had mixed feelings about this so i think it is interesting that she seems to understand at least in part that there is a performance kind of like she she wants to essentially open up affirmative action to every part of the federal government like every thing every hiring thing the government does will be under affirmative action guidelines um but because she does kind of touch upon um like mentorship programs like i don't have a problem with mentorship programs i think it is weird to say you have to be black and brown to do it but as it as a principle, I'm for like strategies that aim to build up poor uh, people, poorer or people, people or less, yeah. you know, I don't know, less abled or less privileged in terms of like education or like I, I'm not against so that. You want everybody to become economically viable. Right. But so it should not that, be race based. Yeah, that's, that's kind that's of ridiculous. like a, a, a teach a man to fish approach to me. I will yeah. always support. Again, weird that it's focused on black or brown employees, but it, as a concept, I'm for mentorship, in, um, sorry, programs. But what what really is strange to me here is that she she doesn't seem to talk about any anything like um i don't know merit i think it's called i don't see see a lot of that and i think it's i mean it's it would be nice to say hey we are completely you know proportionate of our general society in these government run positions but i she just doesn't address the issue of what if there is a skills gap like the mentorship program, like I said, that's a start. But beyond that, like, are are we going to be doing anything in terms of education, anything like that? Trying to, I don't know, maybe work on inner city schools. To me, like that sort of more holistic approach. A, it's more meritocratic, and B, it has an actual better chance of ensuring that people who are black or brown or women get into better jobs because they actually deserve it, rather than just hey. I get to meet a quota. Yeah, I'm I'm zero point zero zero one native. Mm-hmm. I, I should be let into your school. Yeah, and because I think, I mean, I would say especially when it comes to government, you don't want to give people jobs that they're not ready for. They're not going to be good at. Like that's not yeah. good. And I think, and unfortunately, this is actually happening. I've experienced it myself. When we start 
doing more and more of these affirmative action programs that don't center on actual building of skills and education, but literally just diversity for diversity's sake, is when you are someone who is a woman or a minority, there's the assumption, not always, but sometimes, and you, you sometimes can't escape it, that you're just there because you are that special class, that you didn't actually deserve it. And even it. if you're not, you're going to, everybody's going to think of you as such. Yeah. So and that, I mean, that's even something that people who are progressive use against me all the time. They'll say, oh, you were a diversity hire. It's yeah. like, no, no, like, we don't do that. <laughs> and it, 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 that you would even say that is, I think, a little bit hypocritical, but Honestly, I'm glad you went on this tangent first before I got to speak because this kind of thing, it gets me so angry. I'm yeah. just so tired of it. And I think all of people are really tired of it. And that's a big reason why Trump won in 2016. Yeah. It's because they're demonizing, again, white people but yet it, again. And, and the thing is, like, the majority of people are white people. Yes. You don't want to be telling white people that you're not going to get the job because you're a white person. Yeah. And again, that's we're using the term, dumb. like, white. And it's just, we're just, yeah, we're, like, it's, it's a whole mess. It, yeah, it's just, it's just stupid and, and, and there's no economics to this at all well there's so many reasons beyond institutional racism and things like that that there are results within our our system that differ well between that's groups, why right the we've touched upon on this show a little bit about um reasons why groups don't perform equally on things like the sats and, and stuff like that and or brain differences between males and females. And I always get attacked anytime I bring up sort of like these innate differences between groups. Like, oh, what are you, like a sexist or something like that? It's like, no, I'm just... The assumption that the fact that groups aren't performing equally must be due to racism or systemic oppression, systemic oppression overlooks the fact that we are not equal. So because there are these people like Elizabeth Warren trying to say, oh... You know, not enough women making money, therefore must be systemic dis discrimination. It kind of necessitates the fact that we bring up that, hey, different groups behave, perform differently. Right. You're more, a lot more likely to make different choices. Given, exactly. Given and that's, that... that's not a bad thing. We right. don't all need to behave the same way or have the same abilities to be treated the same way. But they're trying to make us all at, at, into like these automatons where everyone's like at the same level but really all it does is bring that level way yeah. below what it could be if you were based on merit um and by the way speaking of merit equal pay uh female soccer team in the u.s they i think they won the national yeah. or the international championship well right? i think there's no other competitor to them really yeah they I, win like every time i'm not even gonna mean yeah. that i have the slightest interest I, I in women's soccer all. so but yeah, i think that anyone does and that explains a lot but anyways we'll yeah um so yeah they they are still very much complaining over the whole like equal pay thing. They were recently on a talk show and uh, two of the players brought up the, the pay issue. We have that clip here. I think that this win changes the conversation to do we deserve it to, okay, how are we actually going to get the action? What are we going to see um, from FIFA, from US Soccer, from the sponsors? Because we've always been about pushing forward, not just for ourselves, but for the world. And um, I think this win was another step in the right direction and just shows that we do deserve it. I just want to send them Shuan Head's like wage gap videos. Yeah, those and, like, are pretty good. Yeah, those those are good. But yeah. and the thing with the wage gap is I always feel like I'm treading on 2016's like dead horse already when, yeah. when I talk about it because I'm among some circles, like like I would say people who probably watch our videos, this is such a tired concept. But the thing is, there are still people like this who don't get it. So I feel like I still have to keep bringing it up. Yeah. Um. It's really basic economics in this. No, they just don't you know. understand. Like, they don't bring in enough money. So, how, like, what money are they going to be paid with? 
Yeah. And actually, people have brought up the fact that they get a bigger percentage of the overall. Yes. Uh, I guess like, I don't they know, get, revenue. I think they get then... 12% of the overall revenue where the, the men's soccer team gets 9%. And yes, the men get paid more because they, they, there's an overall larger revenue pool mm-hmm. coming in because more people watch the men's soccer. It's just, it's so basic. It's so confounding that this is even a discussion point to me, right? It's, yeah, it's, I don't, it's I really don't understand it. And I, people have brought up the fact like, well, you know, even if more people watch the men's, like, shouldn't this be based on skill i thought you were about merit like the women's team they're not they're champions so they perform better than the men's team okay but no they don't (laughs) right like the women's team and like i hate to bring this up because it sounds like you're being a jerk but people are kind of forcing you to bring it up with those arguments they lost to a team of teenage boys like that that happened yeah and it wasn't like the men's soccer team that they lost to it was literally i think there were 14 or 15 year old boys yeah, I mean, they lost. I, the, the argument follows that, I mean, regardless of gender, that you'd have to pay all football athletes the same amount, right? Like all, you'd have I'm to pay sorry, college what? players. Soccer. I don't know if you were doing a British thing there. Uh, I, I was actually thinking of American football oh, okay. at that point. No, I'm on the American side in that thing. Although, I don't know. It, it kind of makes more sense to be British, I guess, but in, in that way. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, sports aside, it, if you're a professional hockey player or an amateur hockey player, you would, you're putting in the same amount of work, right? Yeah. You don't deserve to be paid the same at different levels. So it's not just a sex thing. It's about all people at all levels that they're arguing, I guess, in some sense, yeah. and I think the same because it's equal work, equal pay. Yeah, people are confusing like how athletes bring in money and yes. what the merit of like your pay as an athlete isn't necessarily based on how good you are in that sport. It's based on how good you are at getting people to watch you play that sport. Mm-hmm. In terms of that performance, which is how revenue comes in for sports, no, the women are not performing as well as the men. They are not getting as many people to watch them. So they yeah. don't deserve the same pay. And that happens to men in, in obscure sports too. Yeah, right? like you know? curling. Curling. I was just listening to a five uh, a guy who had won like five strongmen, I think it was. And he lives like a everyday life. Like Oh, are you talking about the Joe Rogan thing? Uh, it was a guy. Yeah, sort of. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So this, and again, like, great job, ladies. Good for you. But they're trying to leverage this to get more money from themselves and it's like maybe you should leverage this to get more people to watch you also actually, under the guys it's for all women which is uh, i mean there's probably some of that that's genuine but a yeah. lot of it's probably like you know but actually one of the um the short-haired one who kneeled during the national anthem she actually did the thing where she talked about yeah people could see our like watch our stuff more and maybe buy more of our merch like yeah those would actually be things that if you cared about getting the same amount of money as men that you should be advocating for in order to bring yeah. more money to yourself because just complaining about it like do do you want money to be taken from the men's team to be given to you like is that I mean they what, might answer I think they would answer yes to that frankly yeah but, which like that would be unfair or do you yeah. want your organization as a whole to be, have less money so you personally could have less money because it seems like there's really not that much money to go around in general so it's a uh, it's a pickle um Elizabeth Warren I don't know maybe she can help you out if she becomes president her first actually I think it was Cory Booker or somebody. One of the Democratic uh, nominees actually did say that, like, they would help the women's soccer team. I forget who it is. Um, but it's like, how? Like, this is not in pandering. your purview. It's like, crazy. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, yes, kids, this thing you care about, I care about it, too. Like, that's good. You don't yeah. hate women. Congratulations. Um, okay, next up, we have Tucker Carlson on immigration. So if you watch the show, you know I love me some Tucker Carlson. He's my favorite. 
I love yeah, him. She does fangirl. I, I fangirl over him super hard. Um, he's someone he's not afraid to speak his mind, which I love about him. He's he's fearless. Um, and thankfully, his mind is pretty well ordered, too. It's, yeah. Uh, I like yeah. what he says when he does um, that. So. But he's just someone who like people come after him all the time specifically because he speaks his mind. But he doesn't yeah. he doesn't back down from that. And I respect no. that. People were outside his house telling telling yeah. his family that they're not safe there. I think it and was, he's right? he's like, had like advertisers leave him people have like tried to campaign to get him removed off of fox but he doesn't back down and i think and that's just fox the credit amazing. As yeah. Well. yeah i i really really respect that um so because of his you know i guess willingness to speak his mind he he is often called racist uh he talks about immigration issues a lot i i genuinely do not think he is racist no uh, which we'll get into in just a little bit but um in one of his latest segments he, he was speaking about Ilan Omar, the uh, congresswoman from Minnesota, and how she is allegedly anti-American. We're going to get into that in a second, too. But how her coming over to the U.S. represents a problem with the American immigration system. And we have that clip here. Omar isn't disappointed in America. She's enraged by it. Virtually every public statement she makes accuses Americans of bigotry and racism. This is an immoral country, she says. She has undisguised contempt for the United States and for its people. That should worry you, and not just because Omar is now a sitting member of Congress. Ilhan Omar is living proof that the way we practice immigration has become dangerous to this country. A system designed to strengthen America is instead undermining it. Some of the very people we try hardest to help have come to hate us passionately. Maybe that's our fault for asking too little of our immigrants. We aren't self-confident enough to make them assimilate so they never feel fully American. Or maybe the problem is deeper than that. Maybe we're importing people from places whose values are simply antithetical to ours. Who knows what the problem is? But there is a problem. And whatever the cause, this cannot continue. It's not sustainable. No country can import large numbers of people who hate it and expect to survive. The Romans were the last to try that with predictable results. So be grateful for Ilhan Omar, annoying as she is. She's a living fire alarm, a warning to the rest of us that we better change our immigration system immediately or else. So that's the clip that's circulating right now. And just for the record, I don't think there's anything wrong with what he's saying there in that clip at all. I think it's still perfectly reasonable. Um, but just for clarity's sake, I think it is important to mention that at the beginning of that segment, and uh, it was like a four or something minute segment, you can find it in its entirety on, on Fox News' site. But um, at the beginning of it, Tucker does actually go into how Americans love to see immigrants come over who you know, love the country's values and assimilate. He he actually spends a fair amount of time talking about, you know, the American dream of coming over with nothing and then working your way here and how Americans are generous and they, uh, you know, are willing to embrace people who immigrate like that. Um, that's what I'm saying. Tucker's not a racist. He, he talks about problems with the immigration system, which I think is valid. And it's a concern a lot of people have, but that, there's a difference between saying our immigration system needs to be fixed. It's broken. It's not working right. And saying, I hate everyone who's not white. And it just really frustrates me when people conflate the two. Yeah, he didn't two. mention race at all in that. No, not, not, not at all. Yeah. And he never does because, at least not in the, that sense of condemning people of a certain race, um, because he's not a racist. Uh, it's really frustrating me, to me to see him attack the way he is. Um, we have examples of that. Uh, one person, Andrew Lawrence, tweeted out, we have it here, uh, the clip of Tucker with the caption... An absolutely stunning racist attack on Elon Omar from Tucker. I'm shocked. 
Uh, and then he shares some of the quotes from Tucker. She is, quote, living proof that the way we practice immigration has become dangerous to this country. She is a living fire alarm, a warning to the rest of us that we better change our immigration or else. So, okay, apparently what he said was racist. And then from Elon Omar herself, not gonna lie, it's kind of fun watching a racist fool like this weeping about my presence in Congress. No lies will stamp out my love for this country or my resolve to make our union more perfect. This will just have... They will just have to get used to calling me Congresswoman. She also, in a follow-up tweet, said, Fox News is now giving a nightly platform to white supremacist rhetoric. It's dangerous. Advertisers should not be underwriting hate speech. So nice little shot at his advertisers yeah. at the end there. It's a bunch of straw manning. Really nice. No, exactly. And that's, it's kind of frustrating to me because... Like, she complains that people are, whenever they criticize her, being racist. They're being Islamophobic, xenophobic. Yeah. And then when people bring up legitimate concerns about her, I don't know, remarks that might seem a little bit questionable oh, in terms geez. of anti-Semitism, yeah. um, then those people are still being racist and sexist and homophobic. And it's like, maybe it's you. Maybe they actually have a problem with you and the way you're behaving. And it's nothing to do with your race or your religion or uh, your gender. Mm -hmm. Just a thought. Um, so there, there's a couple of different issues here. First, is Elon Omar actually anti-American? And does the U.S. immigration system need to screen people more strictly, right? Those are kind of the, the two issues I that I see. I think the immigration here. system is perfect as is. Everybody has agreed. Yeah, I mean, both sides love it, right? Yeah. So obviously there's no problem there. Um, so I... I don't know. I, I wouldn't say that Elon Omar hates America. I don't think there's been enough evidence to support that. But I will say that she does not love America for reasons why someone like Tucker Carlson probably loves America. Like if Tucker Carlson were to say why the country is great, I don't think she would agree with all those reasons. Does that mean that she hates America? No, she might love other things about it. And she is serving, which is like a good thing as a congresswoman for someone to do if they love their country. Um, but I will also say that she does have a lot of criticisms about America. And I, mm -hmm. I very much believe that if you, like if you, if you love your country, you should be able and willing to criticize where it has problems. You don't have to think your country is perfect of to course, love your yeah. country. Um, you know, you should be able to. Especially if you're in Congress. I think yeah, that's perfectly exactly. Rational. You should want yeah. to improve it however you can. And obviously, if you're saying you can improve it, that means there's issues, right? There's nothing wrong with that. I, mm -hmm. I would never say that someone's like anti-Canadian, anti-American, anti-British, whatever, for making slight criticisms of the way things are done in that country. Um, but I will say that it kind of seems to me, and I'm trying to be as diplomatic and open-minded as I can, that all of the things I've heard her complain about when it comes to the U.S., um, you know, things like supposed sexism, racism, xenophobia, she seems to believe that that stuff is kind of like what America was founded on and yeah. is like systemic. Yeah. Right. So, you know, if you do, like, you don't have to think the country is perfect, but if you do think that it's like systemically racist, systemically yeah. sexist, it needs to be reworked at the core. At the core. Then yeah. I think it's, it's reasonable for people to say like, can you really think it's that great if you have such fundamental problems with it? And it seems like with the views of a, good number of its citizens right because the things tucker Carl tucker Carlson is not a white supremacist right that's why he's so popular he he's uh, you know i'm very middle of the road and and from anything that i've seen yeah. um i think what sets him apart is that he says things that people don't like to talk about but that doesn't mean people aren't thinking it yeah well i think people that are in the middle of the road are in the crossfire right now with a lot of things you know it's become just so polarized with mm -hmm. 
you know, you just see how far the left's come ever since Trump's come into power, where they just reject everything Trump's, Trump says and go he said 180 it. degrees, even from where they stood yeah. when Obama was in power just a few years ago. Yeah. I mean, we see that with immigration. Like, there are clips yeah. going around of, like, Barack Obama, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi talking about the need for, for even maybe some sort of, like, boundary, border, like, fencing even. And now, like, they've Strange. seemed to gone full on open borders. Never mind. Um, yeah. Trump's... What you call it? He he wanted to start an initiative to encourage countries to legalize homosexuality and stop persecuting their LGBT citizens. And there was actually this person who wrote an article about how that's white colonialism. Like I'm not even kidding. That was a thing. It's like it's like criticizing the British for ending slavery. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like I don't know, walking back on gay rights to own the cons. It's a it's a good move. But yeah, she. I, I'm not again. I wouldn't call her anti-American, but she does seem to have issues with what some would say are the core American ideals. She seems to be very critical of a lot of things about the U.S. Um, But beyond Ilan Omar specifically, like her as a person, I don't think what Tucker Carlson was saying about inviting immigrants in who maybe don't share your core ideals and how that's a bad thing. I don't think that's wrong. I think that actually is an an accurate thing to say that's happening right now, I think. Yeah, Um, if they're going to work against what your country is at its core, and then furthermore, make entitlements on the people that let them in. It's mm -hmm. like letting letting a, a guest into your house that suddenly says your house is wrong and let me fix it and i'm also i've I'm invited also five friends over yeah, yeah. so it, it's kind of yeah. like that and i think we have like this is not an issue that's restricted to the united states unfortunately i think yeah. we see it all over the west in canada the uk um i think australia from the sounds of it this this is an issue and i think people have brought up the idea of like value testing yeah which used to be used to be a standard canadian thing at least yeah it used you to i mean point, point like system. australia has i'm not sure um, if they've implemented but they've at least discussed it hmm. um and i know some people are outraged so you only want to take in immigrants who like sh- want to share the same values as you and assimilate to your culture it's like yes yes i don't know why that's controversial to say it's like with the whole tommy robinson case people were saying like oh so you you're okay on you're okay with taking a political refugee if you know they speak your language and like share your values and like you know all of these things and it's like yes yeah but even then if it's a legitimate refugee a lot of people would say even if they don't we'll give them we'll give them refuge if it's temporary or something Mm -hmm. i don't know but anyways it's if it's a legitimate refugee someone that might very well die in jail in this circumstance then yeah, we have no problems. With yeah, that, of course, and right? people are bringing this up as if it's like some, like point of hypocrisy toward you. Oh, yeah. you only want to like take in people who like agree with you and uh, like share values and are actually in danger. And also a huge yeah, a huge problem with the word refugee, of course, as well, which they've, they've used to just say all immigrants basically mm-hmm. are now yeah. refugees, which is you know completely. Can I be like waters. a cold refugee from? Like kind of like it's too cold. My my standard of living, it's just not as good as it would be if I were in Miami. So I'm claiming asylum. Yeah, I mean, that's essentially what the words boil down to. Um, so people who are kind of kicking up a fuzz about what Tucker is saying, I think there's a lot of like, I don't know, scapegoating, fear mongering. He doesn't talk about race at no. all. And I don't think it's racist to say that the immigration system is broken. And he mentions the the whole idea of like, this is what Rome did. You know, they took in people who weren't, I guess, committed ideologically in terms of value, in terms of vision to what the country would be. And it, and it didn't work out so great for yeah. them. Um, I also think a it's, strong argument that they're importing voters too. Right? Yes. You know? Yes. Very, very much so. And I think it's 
it's not a conspiracy theory to say that if you take in a bunch of people who don't want to adopt your values and your way of life, um, and they think that the way their country used to work is like the best, your country will eventually become more like their country. Like mm-hmm. that's not, that's just how, especially if you're in a democracy. Yeah, where they have voting power. Exactly. Government yeah. works. So, I mean, like we've spoken a lot about um, like illegal immigration on this show. We've also talked a lot about um, like the whole refugee system, did a whole episode about that. Something in general that I think needs to be talked about is, you know, things like chain migration or like diversity lottery things, like where you're you're coming in legally, but there's still the question of, are you contributing to the host country in the best way? And that's not to say that there should be no immigrants or anything like that. But I, I think we need to, as countries, be a little bit more selective, a little bit more careful about who we let in. Doesn't mean I want to like deport Elon Omar specifically, or like again, like this part is not targeted at her. But I think in general, the the point that Tucker was trying to make is is a valid one. All right, so our last story. This is this is a cringy one, and it's one that strikes oh, me. Oh yeah, yeah, this one very close to home. Sephora. If you're a male watching this, you're probably like who? Okay, Sephora is it's I think probably one of the largest, if not the largest, um, high end makeup retailers um they're a makeup company slash store they sell the biggest makeup brands they they sell expensive makeup like not the most the kind lauren likes but unfortunately yes they they sell the nice makeup we're talking about like between 20 to maybe 50 dollars per lipstick Uh, if, if it's a foundation which is the the colored stuff that goes on your face for any of the men watching um yeah that could be maybe 30 to 90 dollars so they're a higher end brand they're very popular. They're in almost like every major mall in North America. And I would say even say Europe, they're huge. Um, so they have recently joined the long list of brands that have decided to go woke for their marketing campaigns. And actually, I want to say thank you to one of our mods, Stan Kanopka. He um, is the one that sent me this video originally. He does a great job. Actually, shout You're out to all, yeah, all of the mods here. Yes, thank you. Um, we have a new mod actually today, Gavin McGingus, who is a frequent contributor to our super chat. So really appreciate it. Um, and Stan actually has a YouTube channel where he has interviewed me. So definitely check it out. If you aren't subscribed to him, you should be. Uh, But yeah, they have released a collection of sort of short ad videos um, dealing about... Dealing with things. Sort of. I mean... Yeah, like, I don't know. I actually... Dealing with things like gender, sexuality, representation, disability, just all types of issues that kind of make you wonder, what does this have to do with makeup? Because it seems like not... Not a lot, but we have um, some clips from different videos here. Well, I identify as a man. I just don't think that society understands my identity as a man. I really love being a gorgeous male princess. There's no reason that trans men have to be stuck to a strict binary. My masculinity and my femininity go hand in hand with each other. The gender that people are assigned at birth isn't necessarily the gender that they identify with as time goes on and as they change as people. My womanhood is what I want to make of it. I like to describe my womanhood as something that's formless, ambiguous, and fluid. My gender is a continuum. All of it is who I am. Not any particular moment. All of it. Being your truest self in a space where they want to limit you is the most powerful. Trans women are women, and that's all it's ever been, and that's all it ever will be. I really think control is power, like having autonomy over your own image. We 
love, we cry, we dance. We sing the praises of humanity just like anyone else. We've been here, we will always be here, and we're not going nowhere. Doesn't that just make you want to buy lipstick? Like, don't you just want to buy makeup now? Yeah, I mean, to me, you're like, they're the most recent company to go woke. And I was like, I don't know what you're going on about. Because they've, I've been in that store multiple times to like buy Lauren things for Christmas. You've been in whatever. there like twice and then since yeah, then, then you've I, refused I refu to go in. There, there you go. I refuse to go in. It's like a, you walk in there, it's like Oompa Loompa dystopia. Like all, all the people in there, they look the same and they look very strange because they make them wear all the same makeup. Yeah. And it doesn't go well with everybody, I'll say that much. But it's just, it's really you go in there and you feel like you're in another planet. It's... You have, to, you have to experience it. In fact, one day I did bring in one of my friends in there just to look around and get <laughs> depressed with me. So I think you... Yeah, I'm not surprised in the least You about compared this. it to, what is it, the capital in the Hunger Games? The oh, yeah, the for real. Like, it, yeah, okay, so... It's a wild place. We're going to be talking about boycotting. Obviously, you won't be boycotting them because you, well, you don't really buy makeup and you don't like them. Well, yeah, I do buy them. I do yeah, buy Yeah, you makeup, buy me makeup, which so, I appreciate. We're not boycotting um, them, I'm pretty sure. But, so yeah, that this is a hard thing. For me, okay, because they've released this series of very woke, very questionable, and I don't even know what the message is. The really. message is that just, they're woke. Yeah, just like we are progressive. Um, I just don't like how every brand now seems to like they feel like they need to make a political statement. It's like why I just like I just want you to carry my makeup and have more sales than you do because Sephora is notoriously bad about that. Um. But yeah, I, I just, I don't feel like I need to turn to my makeup store for political and moral social guidance. Yeah. Maybe that's just me. Like, I'm not waiting, just kind of like tapping my foot, waiting for McDonald's to release uh, an ad detailing how they feel about, I don't know, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Maybe that's just me. But like, now I am in this kind of tricky situation where it's like, I, Sephora and the other make, huge makeup retailer um, that exists is it's Ulta, U-L-T-A. Ulta carries a lot of the same brands that Sephora does. So in theory, if you're a makeup lover and you don't want to shop at Sephora anymore, you can go to Ulta. Problem for me is I've already lost the attention of most of the men watching this, but there, so there is no alternative. <laughs> it's a good thing we put this at the end. Yeah, actually. there is no alternative to Sephora in Canada. So it's like, do I have to boycott them for this? And that's another thing. I don't want to be one of those overly sensitive people either because I've seen people boycott brands that, you know, make some sort of like vaguely pro-Trump or pro-American thing and people are like, I'm boycotting them. And I'm like, that's yeah. dumb. But like, do I, like, would you say I have to boycott them because of this ad? Because like, keep in mind, they're not, at, they're not saying that they hate Trump. Or, I don't think you're uh, capable of boycotting. So we're talking about hypothetical. Yes, like, we're like talking a, about we're, hypotheticals. But like, I do think there is a difference between this obvious virtue signal that they've put out and something like the that music festival that I forget it was. They were charging oh, more for yeah. the white people than the the people of color. Like that, I think is something that's like you're actually harming some of your customers. That's a bad policy. Like this is just an ad. What was that called Afro Future? I believe it was. Yeah, uh, that's. But yeah, that's got to be some like black nationalist kind of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. there. Yeah, it's so a different different ball game. Yeah, it's almost, a different ball yeah. game. So it's like I don't know. Do, 
is it worth boycotting a brand just because they put out something political? Like, ideally, I would love if we just, like, kind of took this detente almost where brands stop being so political because you don't need to be. You just need to sell burgers or I'm, makeup or running shoes. I'm right? curious what this does to sales when these companies do that. I well, heard that Gillette somehow they did well after those ads. Well, I think the, the me, report but. that at least I think I think it was Tim Pool was talking about this. I think, like, they didn't – nothing changed really. Right. So I, I would say that's – a failure if it's an ad campaign, right? Because you're investing money, you will hope to increase sales. And if you don't, mm -hmm. um, but I don't think they like had this big dip or anything. But I think for Sephora, and it's interesting that you mentioned that because the thing is, Sephora Target, like they're a makeup company. So who are their customers? Overwhelmingly women and young right. women, right? So, so it's it like they're smarter economic. Move, exactly. Their right? target base is either going to not care which I think is most people, or they're going to love it. So yeah. I, you know, I think there's like a very small minority of women who will be like, no, I don't like this and I care enough to boycott it. So, I mean, it'll probably be fine for them, but it's just, I hate that we live in this world where this has to happen. Like this is dystopian. Or companies use the word Z unironically, X-E, yeah. you know, or Z-E in fact. No, but like this is both. dystopian where like companies are almost like becoming like political parties. I mean, that's not even to mention like big tech or whatever. It's a lot more sinister, but yeah, even your makeup company now has something to say about gender politics. This like, makeup company, why? by the way, which you have to be a member for X amount of time so you get access to their 10% discount sales or something like that. No, so there's the V. Okay, it's not based on your length of membership. It's based, unfortunately, on how much you spend. Ah, um, I will not be disclosing. Uh, but yeah, so... I'm in a pickle. I don't know what I'm going to do. Why would you do me like this, Sephora? Like, I just want to, I just want to. Again, I didn't even makeup. blink when I saw this stuff. It's like, of course. Yeah. This was the natural No, but it's all of, all of the makeup community is very, very progressive. Because again, we're like, we're talking about young yeah. women. Um, in fact, you know, a lot of them are men in the makeup. Like, yeah. And the there's like a, a huge LGBT actually, influence yeah. as well. And it's like, I, I honestly genuinely do think makeup should be for everyone. Like I would... Uh, this isn't going to be popular for a lot of men to hear. You think but I look like, good with red? Red lips? Yeah. I think it'll bring out your eyes. Great. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's not a big deal to me who wears or doesn't wear makeup. If you've ever seen a man or politician on TV, odds are they're probably wearing makeup. Hate to break it to you. Um, but I just, I don't know. I wish it wasn't so political. This probably isn't going to hurt Sephora's bottom line. I right now don't need any more makeup. Well, I never really need more makeup, but I am not in a position where I'm going to be buying more makeup soon. I have time to mull this over how I feel my own emotions. I mean, like, because the, the other brand that I love that is, like, unfortunately very woke about their politics is Starbucks. Oh, yeah, um, Starbucks is... Yeah. I still go to Starbucks. Um, the, the latest thing with Starbucks is that they kicked out... Some, one of their stores kicked out some cops or asked them to leave because people felt unsafe and they ended up... The, like, head office issued an apology, which I was appreciative of. Um, but yeah, the, these ads were pretty disliked on YouTube. There's more than that. Like, this was just a little compilation. There are more of them you can find if you go to just Sephora's page. They're pretty disliked. Um, kind of, like, not overwhelmingly like the Gillette ad, but it's, like, 50-50. Um, and I think that goes to show that, yeah, a lot of people do like this kind of stuff. And honestly, I think a lot of the people who were disliking it weren't really in a position where they were buying Sephora stuff anyway. It's kind of like there was a people recently saying they were boy boycotting Home Depot who like, like just, I don't know, urban hipsters who've like never been in the Good Home chance. Depot. Yeah, the dads aren't boycotting it. They'll be all right. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I we're moving soon, so we're probably going to be going to Home Depot as well. And I'll, I'll show them my support. I'm building Jollibee in a doghouse. Oh, that's right. She's going to be so happy. Um, I, I I've told him that he needs to put pictures of us in her doghouse <laughs> so she can look at us and think of us. Yeah.
Yeah, so ex exciting stuff with that. But yeah, I mean, if you're watching this and you are a Sephora, I don't know, customer, I would love to know what your like what your feelings are about this because again, I don't know what I'm gonna do. But I think aside from that, that's all we have to say for this show. And if you're watching us live, be sure to stay on the stream because we're gonna be back in just a few seconds with some exclusive Q and A. But I think that's it for now. And thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll see you later.